When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, just was talking a little bit about championship teams or athletes going to the White House. Vic texting in, he says, old and antiquated tradition, times have changed. Sports stars are now bigger stars than the president. The president now needs an appointment to meet the team. That is coming in from Vic to 630, 630. Fair point for sure. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Straight to the telephone. And uh, one of the good guys to have on the show, former Edmonton Eskimo Jed Roberts. Jed, thanks for checking in tonight. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm just standing in a Tim Hortons parking lot in Redwater, Alberta. <laughs> Nothing. Getting no. ready to head up to the lake. So and I'd call in and uh, take care of that first and then head on up. Well, thanks for making time for me on a, on a weekend where you're heading to the lake and perhaps nothing more Canadian than doing the interview from outside of Tim Hortons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel pretty Canadian right now. <laughs> That's that's good. So what 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 kind of stuff do you do on the weekend? Do you, do you do things in nature? Do you just sit around and chill out? What do you do? Uh, sorry, I didn't catch that first part, Reed. Well, when you when you take a break like this on the weekend, are you uh, really outdoorsy? Will you just kind of sit around and relax? What's on tap? Oh well, I've got two boys. Uh, my wife and I have two boys. Uh, they're ten and seven, and they're extremely active. So. Whatever they feel like they want to do, we're pretty much at their uh, disposal. So uh, this weekend they said they, they, they thought maybe we'd like to catch a fish. So our older one, 10-year-old, hasn't caught a fish yet. The younger one has, and he's uh, been merciless at letting his older brother know that he's caught a fish and he hasn't. So we've got to rectify that situation very quickly tonight, hopefully. Okay. Well, that's cool. You're kind of rolling with uh, with whatever, whatever the kids want to do. That That's some pretty good stuff. I want to talk some football and some Eskimos with you, Jed, but I want to read you a text I got earlier in the show when I when I let people know you were going to, going to be on. This person writing in uh, saying, hey, read Jed is a social worker working on one of our cases and an amazing man. And look, a lot of people know you as a football player, Jed, but now a lot of people know this other part of your life and your post-football career. That's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, it's great. Um, I kind of came to the realization when I retired from football in 2002 that, you know, I, I fiddled a little bit with sales. I did a little bit of uh, some, you know, I toyed with some other ideas in terms of profession. I mean, I went to university to be a uni- uh, an English teacher, phys ed teacher, and then I, it didn't really pan out for me. So through some uh, trial and error there, I kind of stumbled on working with uh, kids in care, and I worked as a a group care worker for a better part of 20 years. Um, I just kind of came to the realization that I, I wanted, I need to do something that kind of feels like I'm validating my existence. You know, I'll never be a rich man, but I'll always have, uh, I'll always be able to look myself in the eye in the mirror, you know, and that's 
that's a pretty under underrated attribute in today's day and age, I think. And so, yeah, I, I do. I work for Boyle Street. I work for an agency called Ubuntu Children and Families. Um, I'm a family support worker. I think I carry a caseload of around eight families, and um, you know, I really enjoy what I do. I, I work with some really, really cool people, and the people I work with in the office have a great culture. Everybody looks out for one another. So, you know, it really is when you when you've been in team sports for most of my most of your life, like I was. Uh, when you get the opportunity to work in an office atmosphere where this the teamwork thing is promoted, you really got to jump at it because it's pretty rare, I think, in today's day and age to find that. Well, whenever you bring that up and whenever we have you on, I, I love letting you update uh, with people what you're up to, and, and I can hear the passion for it. But you said you kind of had to find a new way. It's interesting for pro athletes because you kind of peak in your profession at a, at a relatively young age and and you do something for a living where you can get a lot of attention and you can get a lot of glory you know if you're a good player you're on a good team and then a lot of athletes retire in their 30s and all of a sudden a lot of people in their 30s are just hitting their strides with their careers and you guys have to have to find something new to do and as you mentioned it can be a struggle for some guys to find a new path yeah it's- it's really difficult, I think, in a lot of ways for professional athletes because, when, you know, especially if you play for any meaningful length of time in, in a professional sport, because you, when you get out, like when I did when I was 35, my contemporaries from school were all pretty much, you know, on the fast track to getting into sort of administrative roles in their careers, whereas, you know, I'm now I'm hitting the job market and I, I'm kind of starting at the ground floor with these 21, 20-year-old, 22-year-old kid, so it's very humbling. And uh, I've always said that every professional athlete dies twice. You know, first time is when they they give up the ghost in their career in terms of not being able to to play anymore. And then uh, the second time is when you actually leave this earth. But uh, it doesn't have to be that doom and gloom. It's just you have to – it really humbles you in a hurry. And you you hit it right on the head when you said you get get people telling you how great you are. And it's pretty easy for that to go to your head. And I had a pretty good – mentor and my dad who played professional sports he played for ottawa for seven years for the rough riders and he always warned me that when you get done playing boy it's going to hit you like a like a sledgehammer and it sure did there's nothing you can do to prepare yourself for that but he always said to make sure you network as much as you can while you're playing because that's what will see you in good stead after your career ends some athletes wind up going into coaching. A guy who uh, was your quarterback with the Eskimos was uh, Jason Moss. And, uh, man, he's uh, he hears it when uh, the team doesn't do well or he makes a controversial decision. One week ago yesterday, they're down 10, not in a good spot, and uh, they kick a field goal, first and 10 from the 26, with just over two minutes left. Uh, they did get the ball back twice after that but but couldn't get the uh the tying points so, you know one week ago today i was taking a lot of calls and a lot of texts on on that jed uh you you've been on the sidelines you've been on a you've been you know on a team where a coach has to make a decision or in meetings where he's telling you what he might do in a situation tell us a little bit about what you thought of jason's decision and maybe i i, I assume the players weren't surprised when he when he did that yeah i i'm of the same school of thought that jason is you always take the point you know, like if you're in a situation where you in the CFL in particular, you know, one, two minutes, one minute, that's an eight, that's an eternity. Like lots of things can happen, you know. So, and as you even said, they got the ball back twice after that. So it's easy to second guess. It's easy, it's easy to speculate, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Um, I'm not like, you know, if I was that great of a coach, I'd, I'd be coaching, you know. So <laughs> I, I just remind people that, you know, Jason gets 
does a does a lot of work in the film room and he he sees things that we never will you know so he obviously felt pretty confident with his decision and i think that in hindsight he did get the ball back twice so it's not like they didn't have a chance to win so i i think you know i, I always i agree with that decision is you've always got to take the points especially in the cfl where two minutes that's a lot of time and there's a lot of things that can happen so yeah i wouldn't second guess that move yeah, it, 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 that one's interesting to me because it, it was just on that cusp of, of the amount of time. Rem- I mean, I think if there was less time, it would have been obvious you got a kick and you're in desperate situation. And if there was more time, you'd, you'd go for the touchdown right there. That was a that was an interesting one. It's good for talk shows like this one. Uh, Jed Roberts checking in, former Edmonton Eskimo, as he's uh, on his way for a weekend with his family, but he's spending a few minutes with you but, but before he goes. Um, the Eskimos this season, 2-1. and one. A lot of pressure on defense, the offense, moving the ball, running the ball. Unfortunately, didn't get the touchdowns against Winnipeg. What do you think is the, the, the biggest key or two so far for the green and gold jet? Well, two things. Um, Lolly, he's the one. He's basically the master. You know, uh, Chris Jones was the student. Lolly was the master. He was the teacher. And so we really, really lucked out by getting him when we brought him in here because he is the one that sort of taught Chris Jones that riverboat gambler swagger type of, you know, live on the edge of your seat and, you know, die by the sword type of thing. So you really are seeing that aggressive uh, take away the first read, um, send the house. And, you know, when you look at that Winnipeg game, they really, uh, Whitehead probably runs like a, you know, He's as fast as brief lightning, right? So right. they caught them in a in a man cover, and he just took off, you know. And that's uh, that's going to happen when you play that style of defense. And despite that, they were in the game all the way up until the end. And they just need to clean up the other thing is the turnovers. They've got to clean up the turnovers, you know, because we all knew the offense was going to be good going in because Trevor Harris is Trevor Harris, C.J. Gable, you know, all of those guys, the O line. They're clicking, and they're playing pretty well, despite the fact that they couldn't put the ball in the end zone. I'm not really worried about that. The only thing that I'm concerned about is the the penalties. You know, if you go all the way back to the first game, they could have had 12 sacks if they would have had all those unnecessary roughness penalties. So if they can take care of those two things, they can get that defense uh, clicking and take care of the penalties, I think they'll be all right. You know, well, and back to coaching, that the penalties were an issue last year and, and at other times during Jason Moss's tenure. And a lot of people will say, well, if a team's not disciplined, that is on the coach. He has to introduce punishments or remind them of discipline or do things in practice. You were on the field. I don't know if you ever took a penalty in your career, but you might have had teammates that did. Uh, Who is this on? Who ultimately has to improve the penalty situation for the Eskimos? Well, I have it on good authority that they are pretty heavy on the players when they get those undisciplined penalties they they get fined you know they get uh, unnecessary roughness that's a fine so uh they're not making a lot of money in that league you know they're making more than i am but you know they're not making as much as say the average nfl player so those guys care a lot about that money and that's the way to get them to do that when my day it was chicken you know if you if you did something stupid during the game then you were gonna have to buy chicken for the entire team and those old linemen can put it away so i wasn't really all that uh, keen on getting put in a spot where I had to get hit in the wall at buying the O-line chicken because they would just eat more just to be just to be uh, mean. I don't want to say, they can't say the word I want to say, but... right. Uh, so yeah, I was chicken. Nowadays, it's fines, and I know they do that. I think even Hugh, Hugh O'Neill got fined in that game, the first game there where he uh, he hit somebody low. So 
it's not for lack of like implementing any type of discipline or mating out punishments. It's just at the end of the day, the players are accountable for what they do on the field. And I think the coaches, all they can do is be consistent. At some, at, at sooner or later, it's going to start to hit home. And, uh, you know, those guys, they're not playing for free. You know, they're, they're getting paid. And if they don't, uh, they don't make money, they're not going to, you know, people that they're playing for at home, it's going to start getting pissed off. And then that's when it's going to really take hold. So, I think they'll clean it up. I'm pretty confident. It's early in the year yet, but, you know, you can't lose these early games because they're the ones that come up and bite you at the end of the year. All right, Jed, a couple quick hitters for you. The new gainer, the gopher. Rider Nation losing its mind. Uh, how funny is this? <laughs> well, you know, in Saskatchewan, there really isn't a whole lot to do, right? So if the, if the mascot changes his outfit, and here, that would happen. Somebody, and then nobody would even bat an eye. But in Saskatchewan, like, oh my God, you got You know, they should have put that through the PMRC, or you know, like they, they, they act like they violated the kids. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, so that's Saskatchewan. I just shake my head. I just think it just comes with the territory in Saskatchewan. Um, any change at at all out there is really, really uh, taken pretty hard. So. That's pretty much par for the course in Saskatchewan, I think. I always laugh when I see things like that. I'm like, oh, boy, we're going to hear about that on Monday. Sure, sure enough, we did. <laughs> uh, well, I got somebody who started a petition coming up later on the show. I'm going to close it out, Jed, and I love having you on. We're going to have to get you in later on in the season. I got a text to 630-630. This person says, Jed Roberts, a genuine and sincere man with a huge heart. I had the honor of golfing with him at the Kevin Carius tournament. So you're still making oh, I fans. I wouldn't call what we did golfing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were on a golf course. <laughs> yeah, we were walking on the golf course. That's about it. Jed, Thank you so much for checking in as you're in the middle of uh, getting to some family time. You're an absolute gem, and you're welcome on the show anytime. We'll keep in touch. All right. Thank you, Reed. That is Jed Roberts, uh, former Edmonton Eskimo, and he told you what he's doing now, doing social work and doing a great job in uh, in the community in Boyle Street. Love having Jed on the show. Always has an interesting take on football, still watches the Eskimos very closely, and you heard him say it. He was uh, fully on board with uh, what Jason Moss did kicking on first down last week against the Winnipeg Blue Mars. Didn't hesitate at all and uh, obviously still you know, knows people with the team and said players are getting fined and, and punished for taking a lot of those penalties, though he, he does know they have to clean it up. Uh, what did you think of Jed? 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Uh, he's one of the good guys, absolutely one of the good guys. It is 20 after 7. Quick timeout on Inside Sports. Hi, this is Armando Sewell of the MTS Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Blue Jays trailing the Orioles 2-1, that game in the middle of the eighth. We'll keep you updated on that one. We'll get the latest on the Edmonton Stingers who won last night 102-92 over Hamilton. Back at it in Guelph tomorrow. This is one of the all-time great names currently playing sports in this city. Xavier Moon's going to join us, Kellum. That That's good, awesome. Exa- That's a great name. Xavier Moon. 
from the Edmonton Stingers. Had a big game last night. He's going to check in before 8 o'clock this evening. Uh, Jed Roberts, awesome to talk to. Always enjoy his uh, perspective and working very hard in the community. Very candid, sharing his story about transitioning out of football. And he, he likes a lot of what the Eskimos are doing this season. And you heard him say it. And, and again, the, uh, the e-pod up on 630Ched.com, weekly put together by Morley Scott. Jed said, Philip Lawley, right there, the defensive coordinator. And what did he say? Chris Jones was the pupil. Philip Lawley was the master. That's right. Much like a Jedi-Padwan relationship. Sometimes my, I even amaze myself at what a geek I am. Well, do you I'm want Obi-Wan or do you want Anakin? That's the question, right? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Thank you, Kellen. Uh, busy week in the hockey world as well. You had uh, the offer sheet to Ajo. Uh, rumors of a potential offer sheet coming to the Leafs' Mitch Marner. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. The Oilers locking up Jujar Kara. He was on the show. They signed Mike Smith, Marcus Gradlin. You heard from them. Uh, Gaetan Haas was on with uh, Bob Stoffer earlier today on Oilers Now. And uh, we had Alex Chason on the show last night who re-signs. He, he did go to unrestricted free agency, but just for a few hours, the Oilers wind up keeping him. We had Alex Chason on Inside Sports last night with some thoughts on new head coach Dave Tippett. When I started my career in Dallas, I, I played with a couple guys that have had him, uh, some of the older guys, uh, the Ray Whitney, Steph Robida, uh, Vern Fiddler, some of the guys had him in uh, in Dallas earlier, and uh, they just mentioned that he's a guy that's really structured. Uh, there's no gray area in the system. Uh, everyone knows what the role, and they challenge guys. Uh, he challenges guys uh, to be better than what their role is, and I think that's a big thing for for success in this league. Is uh, inside the team how guys can challenge themselves to be better for more ice time and uh he's a guy that is going to bring stability to the organization um now he's going to have a chance to to to, to have some more world-class players and uh, i'm looking really i'm really looking forward to this year i think all the addition of the coaching staff and uh, the direction that the the organization is going the way the team is being built uh some of the changes are being made i think it's it's looking good for the future. A little bit there from Alex Chason, and he also told you a little bit about this second opportunity with the Oilers. Best thing I can say is, I, with the opportunity I had this year to play with uh, some of the best players in the league, play some quality power play minutes time. Um, if I went somewhere else, I may not have gotten the same opportunity uh, as I did last year. And my goal is to prove that I can do it again and be consistent uh, given that opportunity. So uh, I think a little bit of that I've learned from in the past that uh, you go somewhere else, it may not, it may be a little more money or whatnot, but it may not work on the ice. And um, I'm the perfect example that, you know, if you find a place and things work out, um, both financially and on the ice, then it's the right place to play. And you see a lot of guys that uh, sometimes go somewhere else and it doesn't fit as well, and I didn't want to be that player. A little bit there from Alex Chason. We had him on Inside Sports last night. All right, we are rolling into the final half hour of the show for the evening, for the week. Hope your weekend is off to a great start. Thank you for spending a part of it with us. And, well, we're going to do this, Kellen. We're going to do this. We're going to have the uh, Edmontonian 
who has started a petition for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to go back to the classic look for Gainer the Gopher. Okay. I'm not sure how this is going to go, but we're going to find out. She's trying to make a difference. That's when we get back. to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Team Brick, Alberta, 6-0 in the round robin at uh, in the pool play at the Brick Invitational at West Edmonton Mall. They have a bye to the semifinal, so opponents still to be determined. They will play tomorrow at 2-10. At the Ice Palace, the championship game will go at 12.30 on Sunday. All right, well, it's been a story I've been referring to most of the week, and uh, let's face it, I've been being a little bit cheeky about it, but it's very serious to a lot of people, and that is the makeover for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders mascot, Gainer the Gopher, and I'm pleased to welcome to the show Maria Vicente. Maria, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Want a little bit about you, first of all. Uh, how long have you been a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan? So I'm, I'm born and raised in Edmonton, Alberta. Um, I have watched every Eskimo game with my father since birth. I was born in 1978. So my dad always says that I brought the Eskimos good luck uh, with their five-year uh, streak with the Grey Cup. And then in 2012, I uh, visited Regina and Saskatchewan for the first time. I was dating someone who was placed in Saskatchewan. And when I got to Saskatchewan, I was gifted with a Gainer the Gopher. (laughs) So that kind of started this whole collection of Gainers. Um, It's really hard to visit Saskatchewan and not fall in love with the Rough Riders. Um, the the energy that people in Saskatchewan have from their for their football team is amazing. Um, so I became a huge Rough Rider fan from spending so much time in Saskatchewan. So you, so your favorite team is now the Rough Riders, not the Eskimos. So I cheer for the Rough Riders first, but I'm also a huge Eskimo fan as well. I do have season tickets, and I go to all the Eskimo games in my Eskimo gear, except when they play Saskatchewan. When they play Saskatchewan, I go in my Rough Rider gear, I bring my stuffed gainer in tow, and together we watch the game and cheer the Rough Riders and have a really good time with our friends that all have season tickets. It's really good-natured fun. Eskimo fans are great as well, and, I mean, we do have a big rivalry, right? So it's a lot of fun for both of us. All right. Well, I'm only somewhat horrified then. <laughs> okay, good to know. <laughs> okay, so th- thanks for sharing that story. No problem, my um, pleasure. All right, so Canada Day, I assume you settle in to watch the game on the tube against Toronto. Actually, no. The funny thing is, Canada Day, I was at the Prospects game. I- I'm a big sports fan. I love my Edmonton team, so I go to Prospects games, I go to Stinger games, I go to Oiler games. Uh, so the Prospects were playing that that night and so we were at uh, Remax Field and I've made some really wonderful friends in Saskatchewan through social media and my friend Sandra uh, sent me a picture of Gainer. <laughs> Thoughts that went through my head was what the heck because it was far away it wasn't close up right 
so then I'm looking on social media and all of these pictures start, start coming and I'm like, what the heck did they do to Gaynor? Like, what is that creepy thing? Like, it was just so daunting, the difference in the in the looks between the two. And then I'm, I'm still following social media. I'm part of many different uh, groups on Facebook, such as ABC Writers Fans. And I'm following Twitter, and all of these pictures are emerging, and people are outraged. Like, I, I could not believe how many people felt like I did. Like, the reaction was very strong. Um, so I'm literally in the lineup to get food at the Prospects game, and I'm, I said, I have to do something to, you know, unify all of us fans that feel this way. So that's why I went to change.org, and I started the petition. And we're close to 4,500 as of... I think I checked about an hour ago. So, so you have about forty-five hundred signatures online from fellow fans who are. Well, okay. Would you say you're uh, like upset at, at Gainer's appearance? You're uh, confused. You're frightened. Like, what is it exactly? I would say all of the above. I think you <laughs> captured. I think you captured that a hundred percent well. Like, I, I you know Gainer is you know. He he was voted the best mascot for so many years in a row. Like I don't know if you've attended a game in Regina, have you? I I have not, unfortunately. I would like to. Oh, you should. You definitely should. It's an unbelievable experience that you won't forget. Like writer fans are amazing, and the energy in that building is. I've attended games of various sports all over the country, and it's like nothing else. Um, Gainer commands your attention. He's very much part of the game day experience. He's funny, he's cuddly, he's adorable, he's an icon. Uh, the last game I was in, in Regina for was in 2015, and Gainer's antics were hilarious. I was crying from laughing so hard. Uh, he, he's just extremely unique. Uh, so when I saw him, I, like, I mean, my first words were, he looks creepy. <laughs> like, it's just there's something about that head, like the cuddliness. It just, it just all disappeared, and I mean... Um, I don't know if you've seen the interview with the original Gainer that has crossed the news path. He said he was traumatized when he saw that Gainer so much so that he couldn't concentrate on the game. So here's someone who was, you know, Gainer as, as a living, as his profession, and he was traumatized by it. Well, so what do you think is going to happen here? I mean, I assume the riders invested some money and time in the costume and hopefully doing some research. So, yes. or have they reached out? Like, where are you at with that? No, I haven't. They have not contacted me at all. Um, I have tweeted daily updates to them. Um, I'm wondering if I'm going to be able to go see a game in Saskatchewan for the amount of times I've tweeted at them. Um, but, you know, one of, uh, one of the people on Facebook, uh, his name was Scott, had a suggestion that, you know, why don't we have both? Like, why don't we have old Gainer and new Gainer? Because obviously they have spent a lot of money on that too, right? I don't think that's a bad idea personally. I think that would be perfect for the people that like him and then the people like me who just really want the old one back. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow. I mean, we play Calgary tomorrow night at 8. Uh, I guess I, I, w- I won't be able to watch the game, unfortunately, tomorrow, but I know my friends in Saskatchewan will be tweeting me pictures, so it'll be really interesting to see <laughs> what's going to happen. Uh, this, this, this is great. Now, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Kellen Kennedy, who's our studio operator, he and I have founded a wrestling federation called oh, the Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling, the SLAW, 
What if we had the two gainers wrestle and the winner that got to be the mascot costume? Would you be on board with that? Oh, my God. So the reason why this is actually funny is I attended my first ever wrestling match last Sunday or last Saturday. I've never gone to see wrestling before. I had a great time. I cannot even begin to tell you how much fun that was. It was at the Abbotsfield Rec Center. It was a blast. I'm looking forward to my next one. Uh, That would be very interesting to see, and my money would be on Old Gainer. (laughs) Well, well, you're biased, though. You want it to be Old Gainer. No, no, I just, you know, new gainer, uh, I don't think has what it takes to beat old gainer. I mean, old gainer has experience, he's savvy, he's smart, you know, he's like a fox, right? Fly like a fox. I'm sure he's got tricks that he can pull out and totally defeat new gainer. All right. Well, uh, you know, obviously we connected on Twitter, and I'm looking at uh, your Twitter account. You're obviously a, a huge sports fan. and I am. Uh, uh, I, I see you wearing a lot of uh, Oilers gear and stuff, and it's interesting you do have somewhat divided loyalties in the CFL because the whole Riders-Eskimos uh, thing would not work for most people, clearly. Uh, <laughs> actually, it's kind of funny you said this, too, because we were actually having this very discussion on one of the groups, and it's interesting because people were talking about their divided loyalties. Like, there was a person who was also uh, Riders and then cheered for the stamp second. It all depends on on where you live and where you're from, right? Um, so again, like I was really lucky. I grew up watching Tom Wilkinson. Like Brian Kelly was my favorite player when I was a kid. I when the Eskimos did an autograph session when I was about three or four, I even asked Brian Kelly for his hat, and he gave it to me off of his head and signed it. Uh, so I was really blessed uh, watching so many phenomenal Eskimo legends grow up. And, you know, having the experience that I had uh, in Saskatchewan, I'm really lucky to have the best of both worlds, right? Because Rider Nation is is amazing. You should totally go to Saskatchewan and watch the game. I guarantee you won't forget it. Well, I probably wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> by the way, it's 22-13, Winnipeg leading Ottawa. One minute left in yep, the third Yeah, I quarter. have it on TV. <laughs> uh, all right, so... Tell people if they are interested. Did, did you start the not my gainer hashtag? Is that you? You know what? I don't know if I did. Truth be told, I so much happened that night on social media that I I don't remember. I did start the petition though. That I do remember. All right. So how do people find and on Twitter? You are gainerette gopher. Yes. Uh, that that is the handle you can search. Uh, or Gainerette, how do you, what's the other one? Gainerette AG? Um, I'm trying to Gainerette G, or or is your at, and then the handle is Gainerette Gopher, so they can find you. uh, Or with my first and last name is the other way to do it. Right, we should say that uh, Maria Visante is your name. Uh, And so in change.org, you actually have this this petition on there. Yes, and it's uh, Bring Gainer Back, I believe is what you search. Okay, well, we'll have to keep, especially if the riders ever reach out to you. I'll let you know for sure. I'll, <laughs> I'll send it to you on uh, on Twitter. Okay. Well, Maria, good luck with this. I uh, appreciate your, your, your passion for sports, by the way, which is uh, really cool. Maybe we'll talk some football or hockey as we continue to bring the Eskimos and Oilers games here on 6th oh, Shed. Absolutely. Anytime, uh, just send me a, a message on Twitter. And thank you, uh so much i do listen to your show as well so this is actually really cool <laughs> quite oh, an I'm, honor I, i'm glad to hear that thank you for making time for me especially on a friday night have a great weekend 
Oh, no problem. You have a great weekend, too. Take care. That is Maria Visante checking in tonight, Gainer at Gopher on Twitter. So there, there you get it from the person who has started the petition, why Gainer is an issue, why she loves Gainer, why uh, she even said who would win a fight between the two Gainers. And, uh, and there you have it. That's uh, very interesting stuff. It is interesting the, the passions that sports will inspire in people. It's also interesting to me that she's a lifelong Edmontonian, pretty much. And uh, I get, what did she She said she was born in 78. Okay, so we can all figure out her age. And uh, in 2012, she changed affiliations from Eskimos to Riders. Kellen, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-oh. I'm going to throw you the question of the night. I know <laughs> okay, what I think my I'm answer ready. is. So let's say we, we, are, we are both uh, unmarried men, yes. obviously. Uh, well, I guess should, well, it should be obvious if people listen to the show. Um, let's say you met a woman, mm. and there was a sp- sparkling and sizzling mutual attraction mm. that you both pursued mm. for a period of time, perhaps several months. But for some reason... Uh, team affiliations never came up, and, and you're you're like you would you would consider spending the rest of your life with this woman, and you're pretty sure she feels the same way. Mm-hmm. And then one day you find out she's a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan. What do you do? Uh, if you were talking to me probably about five or six years ago, I'd probably throw her out the front door with her <laughs> belongings, and you know, not even call a cab. Say you're on your own. But now it's not a big deal just because oh, really? people, to me, people have so many different interests and likes and whatever and everything. I, I would end the real, jeez, this microphone. Sorry, guys. It sounded <laughs> like I was passing gas. Well, maybe I'm moving the microphone to cover it up. Uh, I, I would, I, I, well, I would find out earlier in the relationship. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then I would just you be like, sorry, <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. That's that's how shallow I am, Kellen. <laughs> I'm not going to try to hide it. I mean, it's 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 a case by case scenario, right? And that stuff. I mean, are you going to get like ribbed and bugged for the rest of your life for liking that team by me? Yes, you will. Like almost endlessly. I just think especially if the Eskimos beat you in a playoff, too much of a divide. <laughs> be too much distance between us. Uh, Xavier Moon from your Edmonton Stingers had a big game last night. He's coming up. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, 22-14, Winnipeg leading Ottawa one minute into the fourth quarter. Uh, Matt Nichols now out of this game. Uh, back on the sidelines, not wearing pads for the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We'll keep an eye on that situation. Eskimos on a bye week back to work today. They will play... In BC on Thursday. The Edmonton Stingers, big win last night over Hamilton, 102 92, and a big game for this young man. 14 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds, also a triple double, having a pretty good season for the Stingers. Please welcome to the show, Xavier Moon. Xavier, on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Nice to uh, nice to talk to you. Great to have you on the show. And, uh, you know, because of uh, when my show is on Xavier, I've only been able to go to one Stingers game this season. But 
two things about you uh, st- uh, stuck out for me. Number one, you're a really good player. And number two, you got a great name. Like, your parents or must be really sharp. Xavier Moon has a, you, has a great ring to it. <laughs> I hear that a lot. <laughs> uh, now, Xavier, uh, you an X-Men fan. Did you have to learn about Charles Xavier just because you got the name? Or what's the connection uh, there? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, I had a lot of people asking me, did I know who he was? So I had to look him up uh, when I was younger. Well, good stuff. Tell me a little bit about your uh, your basketball career. Uh, obviously, you, you've landed in Edmonton. Where did you play uh, college ball? Uh, I played at Moorhead State in Kentucky. Um, the two I played there for two years. Uh, two years prior to that, I was in college at uh, Northwest Florida State in uh, Niceville, Florida. And where did you grow up? I grew up in Goodwater, Alabama, a small town, probably an hour south of Birmingham. So when I hear Alabama, and a lot of people hear Alabama, they they think football. Uh, but obviously, you know, people play other sports, but it's kind of a, associated with football. Was was that ever something for you, or was it always basketball? Uh, I actually played football my senior year of high school. Um, played just to be playing because I didn't want to be bored. Uh, waiting on basketball season and actually turned out to be pretty good. What position were you in football? Uh, quarterback. Well, you're okay, so you're used to being the guy then. You're used to being the man, obviously. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, so you play NCAA. Tell me a little bit about your journey to, to wind up in uh, in Edmonton. That's a bit of a trek from Alabama. How did you get to be a stinger? Um, I played in the NBL last year for the London Lightning. Um, our season didn't turn out as well as we thought, as well as we wanted it to be. But um, after the season, I went back home for like two or three days. Uh, got a call from Coach Barnaby, who is no longer the head coach. Um, asked me that I want to come up and play in Edmonton. Told him that I would. Uh, hopped on the plane two days after I got home and came back up to Edmonton. And, uh, the rest is history. So I'm just glad to be here. Had you ever been to Edmonton before? Never. Uh, It's my first time being in Edmonton, a nice city. All right. In terms of the Canadian Elite Basketball League, obviously there are, you know, Jordan Baker's on the team. He was a star at the U of A Golden Bears. Some other players who were in Canadian University and, and then players like you who come from other parts of Canada and the United States. The game I went to, and I saw when you guys played Saskatchewan about a month ago, I, I really enjoyed the pace uh, very back and forth, you know, the the lead changed hands, and, and it was pretty scrappy as well. How do you find the style of play in the CEBL? Um, I think it's an up-tempo style. Um, I think every team wants to play fast, and I think uh, we do a good job of pushing the ball uh, as well as the other teams in the league. But I, I definitely think it's an uh, up-paced tempo to, to the game in the uh, CEBL. Well, I think that's the way. I know basketball has gone through ebbs and flows, but if you know, if you look at the NBA lately with the Warriors, and a lot of people watch the final between the Warriors and the Raptors, I mean that's really the the way it goes, isn't it, Xavier? You're not unless maybe you have a lead late. You're not too worried about the using the shot clock, are you? You know, you, um, actually, you're trying to score within the least amount of time as you can. Um, the, today's game is all about possessions. So I think the team who gets the most possession has the better chance to win. So pushing the ball is definitely the the name of the game right now. 
All right. Uh, Xavier, are you, are you guys back at it tomorrow already? Yes, sir. We're out in Guelph uh, right now. We play tomorrow night at 7. Okay. Have you played these guys before? No, sir. I haven't. First first game against Guelph. Okay. Well, yes, you know, team's doing pretty well. Now up to 7-4, and four, uh, second to Niagara in the league, and uh, obviously a big win over a tough Hamilton team last night. And, man, you were just two boards away from a triple-double. I know you probably didn't know that in-game, but a good double-double. You almost got the triple-double, eh? All right. If I would have knew that I needed two boards, I probably would have missed a layup or something. <laughs> just grabbed it. <laughs> yeah, I'd have probably padded my own stat. Nice. Well, you had, you had a bit of a cushion at the end of the game, so you could have done it. Well, Xavier, thanks for checking in. Appreciate to have you here in Edmonton. All the best against Guelph tomorrow. We'll have to talk again on the uh, down the road here. Really appreciate it. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me. That is Xavier Moon from your Edmonton Stingers checking in from Guelph tonight where uh, they will play tomorrow. Quite a journey for him. Alabama played in uh, London, Ontario in the NBL last season and now he lands in Edmonton. Also this weekend, FC Edmonton plays tomorrow in Hamilton against Forge FC and uh, so keep an eye on that. Team Brick Alberta in the semifinal at the Brick Invitational. That is at the Ice Palace. Their semifinal is at 210. Again, they do not know who they're going to play and then the championship game is coming up at 1230 on Sunday. All right. Well, Kellen, it's just about that time. We're winding her down. It's almost uh, it's almost hobo time. Tell you what, a lot of fun shows this week, guys. A lot going on in the world of hockey. We'll keep you updated on uh, anything that happens with uh, with your Edmonton Oilers. A little bit, little bit more of a football focus tonight as the Eskimos get back to work and uh, and get set for the British Columbia Lions. Trevor Harris, of course, the Player of the Month for June in the Canadian Football League. Winnipeg leading Ottawa 22-14 with 10-40 left in the fourth quarter. Now Winnipeg punting from the Ottawa 50, so likely going to be a long field here for the Red Blacks, who have looked pretty good. Looked pretty good. There was a lot of thought that they might be the worst team in the East, but clearly that distinction so far belongs to the Toronto Argos. And this might just have been a great play here by Justin Medlock. He punts, and it bounces on the five. The Ottawa returner doesn't touch the ball because he's going to let it go into the end zone for a single. The ball goes sideways, and then the returner is waiting for it to possibly go out of bounds. No yards does not apply to the kicker. Medlock sprints down the field. I'm not sure who this is going to be, Kellen. It's under review right now. Medlock gets to the ball. You rarely see this. But great hustle by Medlock. The ball's on the three, not quite out of bounds. I think that's off Medlock. I, I think the Ottawa that's player close. touched it, and then it went off Medlock's knee and out of bounds. This might be Winnipeg ball on the three. Chance for them to extend their lead. Hey, thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. My name is Reed Wilkins. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.